I'm sure there's some people still filtering their way over after Sunday school, so I will speak slowly. <laughs> Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship. Glad you're here with us. If you would get out your bulletins, a few announcements as we get started. If you are a guest, we would ask you to put the fill out the tear-off portion in the back. The blue side is for you. And uh, if you would have any questions or anything you'd like to know about Mechanical Baptist, let it follow up with you. Put it in the offering plate when it goes by. And then prayer requests at the bottom of the yellow side. Put them on there. And we're glad to pray for you each week in our staff time. On the back of your bulletins are some opportunities for the week. I want to make mention of a few things. Uh, today, we do have our encounter service here at 5 o'clock in the sanctuary. We're going through the book of Philippians. It's a wonderful study. And at 6 o'clock, ensemble, youth, and then 7 o'clock, handbells. So hope you can join us tonight, be involved. And then this week, we do have a vision team meeting tomorrow, basketball. And then Wednesday, full lineup, midweek Bible study, connect groups, Awana youth, uh, worship choir rehearsal, property team, and then fellowship breakfast Thursday at 7.30 a.m. at Cold Harbor Restaurant. So hope you would join us this week, a good week to be together. Enjoyed seeing everybody in Sunday school, and I know they're trickling in. That's fine. Uh, I did want to make an announcement, and where is Shirley at? There she is. This is your announcement. I'm going to try to sell it up good. All right, we've got this year we are having the privilege of hosting Hanover's 2019 Finding Value in Your Prime Active, Active Aging Event. So, that's what they call it. Is that, is that a good enough title to make sense to everybody? All right. Finding Value in Your Prime. It's an active aging event, and it's being hosted right here at Mechanicsville Baptist. It's been hosted in different places over the years. I think it was at Randolph-Macon College last year. Is that right, Shirley? It was at Randolph-Macon last year. So we're having it here. We're going to be using our FLC, and it's going to be a wonderful opportunity. And it is in April. It's April 11th, which is a Saturday, from 830 to 2 o'clock here at the church. And it's the fourth annual event, and uh, so we are privileged to be able to host this event. And uh, we are advertising this now, even though it's April 11th, because you will need to register as soon as possible. So we say register now to attend. It's Hanover County's largest resource collaboration for seniors, brought to you by the Hanover Council on Aging, Hanover County Sheriff's Office, AARP, Ashland Police Department, Hanover Triad, and Hanover County Parks and Recreation. The deadline is Saturday, March 30th. One of the reasons we are encouraging you, we really want you to be a part of this. Uh, We'd really like to be involved. In the back, there is a letter like this, and then there is a registration form. And we wanted to make sure after the service, you pick one of those up, look at it. But from what we understand, space is limited. And so we're really encouraging you to register early. So within the next couple weeks, we'd ask you to get your registration in. The deadline is the 30th of March, but once the number is reached, it's cut off. So we wanted to make sure to get Mechanicsville Baptist people first opportunity to get in. So pick up one of these registration forms. You can register online. The information's on there, or you can fill that out and turn it in, um, and we would love to have you join us. What it includes is breakfast, lunch, presentations to promote active lifestyles and positive aging, and meet representatives of services and resources available to older adults 
enjoy activities, and door prize. Also, if you want to find value in your prime collectibles or treasured heirlooms, this year appraisers will be offering free appraisals of small tabletop size items and jewelry. There will be a limit of two items per senior attendee. And then it's free to attend, but the pre-registration is required. And you can go to HanoverParksRec.com. You can call the number on the, the uh, forms, and you can pick up one on the way out. If you have any questions or if you want to know where to go, I believe our three fantastic ladies in charge are Miriam Chambliss, Shirley Strickler, and Jean Bradley. Is that correct? So find those three ladies if you have any questions about this event. And thank you all for getting this all the planning and preparation to having it here at the church this year. All right. Did I say Saturday? Ooh. Okay, it is on the form as Saturday. It is Thursday, April 11th. That is correct. Thank you, sir. All right. Shirley, remind me of that, and I'll print out some more forms with that. All right. Any other announcements? All right. Well, anyway, welcome to worship. Glad you're here with us. And a uh, good day together to be in the house of the Lord.
from Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth in which uh, we uh, are under, and we thank you that you have given us everything we need in the grace of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that uh, we can gather together and we can worship you, and that as we come to understand who we are in Christ, that we have what we need for perseverance, for hope, and for character, and for, for love. We thank you for your love being poured out uh, freely upon us. We thank you for lavishing your love upon us, and may we uh, return and respond with a, a life that loves you in every way possible. God, I thank you for this service. May your Holy Spirit dwell. May you be glorified through our worship, through our songs, through our uh, sermon, and may you have the honor this day. And we pray that in the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning. morning. It's wonderful to be here with you this morning. Let us stand and sing number 314, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
right, if you grab your hymnals and turn to page 616 for our responsive reading, page 616, I'm going to mix it up just a little bit. I'm going to have everyone together with Tim read worship participant and worshipers, and then I will do the worship leader part. So if all together, worship participant, and then worshipers, and I will do the worship leader, page 616. From John's vision on the Isle of Patmos to the angel of the church in Sardis write. I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Be alert and strengthen what remains, which is about to die. For I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. I know your works because you have limited strength, have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one is able to close. I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. I will give the victor some of the hidden manna. I will will also also give give him a white stone. And on the stone a new name is inscribed that that no one knows except the one who receives it. Our next hymn is 310, Blessed Be the Name. Please stand and sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that calms my fears, blessed be the name of the Lord. His music in the sinner's ears, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. He breaks the power of canceled sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the foulness clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I never shall forget that day. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When Jesus washed my sins away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Good morning. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we give you this offering today. With it, we worship you and give ourselves to you. Please take it now and use it for your kingdom and your glory. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many of you know um, our member Kitty Thompson. Uh, Kitty has not been with us in several years because of failing health. And Kitty passed away uh, this past week. Uh, she used to come and to the first service primarily, but she was also the one who for many years brought uh, Johnny Howe uh, to church. And uh, there are no funeral arrangements uh, yet. 
because uh, she has a son in Florida and they were trying to decide what they were going to do and when they were going to do it. But there will be a service here sometime and uh, we will make sure you know that when that occurs. So remember uh, Kitty's family. Kitty was very faithful uh, when I first came and for the first several years I was here. But in recent years her health failed her to the point that she could not attend. So we want to remember her family uh, in our time of prayer. And I have the answer to the flowers. Y'all ask me every week. Um, Lisa um, Hester, she did that arrangement for Valentine's Day for the church. So she put it out there for the month of February. So it belongs to the church. So we didn't slight anybody other than ourselves, I guess, by not knowing that it belonged to all of us. So anyway, that's where they came from. I did speak with Lisa this morning, and she thought she was in trouble. I said, no, you're not in trouble. It was a great mystery that needed to be solved. So uh, we solved it. Let's bow for prayer. Oh, Lord, we are grateful that we can come together in worship. We're thankful, Father, for every blessing that comes from you. Too numerous to count. And yet, Father, you give so freely. Even, Father, when things seem to not be going the way we would like for them to go in our lives, you are there, working, struggling with us. If we only would acknowledge your presence, we could reap the bounty of your blessings. We're grateful, Father, that as we pray this morning, we do so recognizing that there are people who are facing uncertainties with their health even in this coming week. People who are recuperating, people who are taking treatments, people, Father, who are indeed suffering both physically and emotionally because of illness. We give them to you. And pray, Father, that your will be done in their lives, that they might see that even in the midst of the storm, you are there. We're grateful, Father, for this church and for the Sunday school hour that has just passed and for the times that we can share together around your word, learning and growing and being challenged to do what you have called us to do. We're grateful, Father, that when we pray, we can pray for one another in this room. We can pray for those, Father, who have lost loved ones and who are dealing with that loss on a daily and hourly basis. Help them. Strengthen them. We thank you, Father, for Kitty Thompson. For the life that she lived among us and for her faithfulness to this congregation. But more important her faithfulness to you. And so, Father, we pray that you will be with her family as they grieve her loss. But we're grateful she is present with you. We pray for our missionaries. We're thankful, Father, that we can minister alongside them as we pray and as we give. We're thankful that they go and tell. Father, your word is so powerful. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. As we open your word this morning, Father, help us to find meaning 
for our lives encouragement and challenge us. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. is found in Revelation chapter 3. We are on the sixth of the seven churches. 
looking and studying at what Jesus had to say to these churches and how it applies to us because it is very relevant. Verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The old cliche says that opportunity only knocks once. It is a good, good quote for a motivating poster to hang in the office break room. However, it is not really true. Opportunities abound for us in all sorts of arenas in life. We have opportunity for business deals, to deepen our relationship with others, for financial success, and to simply engage the joyful moments of life. We are given multiple opportunities as we journey through life. The issue that we face is whether or not we will answer the door when opportunity does knock. As believers, we need the alertness and empowerment that comes from the Holy Spirit so we will be ready. We need to see and seize opportunities that will glorify God, persuade others of the gospel, and mature our own faith. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. The letters to the seven churches help to communicate a sense of urgency about our kingdom responsibilities. When we read this letter to the church in Philadelphia, it is the witness to a congregation that did not shrink back from faithfulness, even in the midst of difficulty. The churches in all ages since and in all ages forward will face difficulties. It is a principle we read in the scriptures. We live in the present and should expect it in the future. We gain motivation and confidence by learning that Christ will return one day to close the books on human history. He is the one who empowers us for today and will reward us at his second coming. It is with this kind of knowledge that the church in Philadelphia was able to remain true to Christ. You remember as kids, we would rush out onto the playground and begin claiming things. If you jumped on a swing first, then you controlled who got the next turn. In the spiritual realm, we have been claimed by Christ. 
It is not a temporary claim of swings for a period of recess. His claim is eternal and rewarding. Just the other day, Janet claimed some food that was in the refrigerator. She said to me, those two eggs are mine. So I backed off. She named it and she claimed it, didn't she? But Jesus' claim on us is eternal and rewarding. The church is required to endure, but we can only do so because of the work Christ has already accomplished. This letter reminds us that Christ has welcomed believers through a doorway that no one can close and will give rewards that no one can take away. All because of the work of Jesus. Jesus sent this letter to a church that we do not have any previous knowledge about. It is not otherwise mentioned in the New Testament. But we can put some historical context to the city of Philadelphia. The literal name for the place is, and you know it, the city of brotherly love. Philadelphia is the Greek word for brotherly love. It was founded about 140 B.C. and was positioned on a major trade route. In a great earthquake occurring in A.D. 17, the city was devastated. The citizens lived in great fear of future tremors, which would have some potential application to a later point that we'll make at the conclusion of this letter. The Roman emperor Tiberius stepped in and exempted the city's residents from taxes while they rebuilt. He also sent them financial aid for the work. In response, guess what happened? The city was renamed Neo-Caesarea, new city of Caesar in his honor. When When Vespasian became emperor of the city, called itself a derivative of his name, Flavia, to honor him. The renaming of the city would also have some bearing in our understanding of Jesus' promises made to this church. We can see already, when we get to the conclusion of this, how that he speaks again about names. Philadelphia's residents were dependent upon agriculture, specifically vine-growing plants. The patron deity that they worshipped was apparently Diosinus, the god of wine. There is also evidence of a Jewish community within the city. Taken all together, we witness a city in the Roman Empire with worshipful appreciation for the emperor's polytheistic polytheistic practices, Jewish residents, and a Christian community. And in in effect, the church was a minority of a minority within the city. And to that, Jesus began to speak. In this context, in verse 7, the Lord described himself to his followers in a way that would bring about immense confidence. The Lord began by saying that he was the Holy One and the True One. Such descriptors create tension. The titles attributed to himself stand in direct contrast to the Roman titles attributed to emperor cult worship and the polytheistic culture of the city. Jesus claimed perfect character and nature by calling himself holy. He stood above Caesar. He stood above other gods. He claimed to be the standard for what is true. 
It was a claim that he is the real deal. Jesus' genuine character would depose any other powers that claim to hold a position of authority. He was telling them, listen to me. I am your authority. And then he goes on to speak of the one who holds the key, opens the door. Further, Jesus' self-description is that he is the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and he who closes and no one opens. The declaration connects to the account in Isaiah 22 where God places Eliakim as the steward over King Hezekiah's household. God said of Eliakim, I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. Isaiah 22, 22. In essence, Eliakim had total power over the comings and goings from the king's house. For Jew, the imagery associated with David was the pinnacle of ruling power. The Christ is from the lineage of the house of David. Despite his failings, David was declared to be a man after God's own heart. The key of David is the authority for opening and closing a door. Not just to an earthly palace, but to the heavenly home of God. He was the open door. He said he was the door, didn't he? And no one would enter the flock but through him. He said that earlier. Open doors matter to us. We walk through open doors. We are negligent or we are a little bit afraid sometimes to walk through a closed door, aren't we? For fear of what might be on the other side. Sometimes we want to get into a door that has been locked because we've locked ourselves out. Have you ever done that? There's a great deal of frustration, isn't it? To not being able to get in to where you want to go. We used to do that at our home growing up all the time. And we always would just pray that the window was left open that we always would climb through to get in. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But Jesus had hit on something here. He had tied something that they were aware of related to the keys of David and who could open and close the door. It is a reference to Isaiah 22. Jesus claimed the messianic power that accompanied the key into David's home. It was for him to decide who entered God's kingdom. Not the emperor of Dios or Diocenes or any other power. It was Jesus who opened the door. It was a reference to his, the messianic power of Jesus. After the many years of change tragedy and dependency that characterized the city of Philadelphia the believers within its walls were personally hearing from the one who held the true power for entrance into the eternal city of God Jesus addressed them from the position of, a, of divine authority if this were the only line in the message it would have been worth it to those who suffered under the ever shifting allegiance of the city to the emperor of the moment the eternal and true God had sent the reliable Christ to open the true doorway into his kingdom. And John himself knew of the oppression of the emperor because he was on the Isle of Patmos for getting crossways with the emperor. But Jesus goes on to tell them that they are to live by power 
verses 8 and 9. With the background of Philadelphia's culture, Jesus then delivered an encouraging word to the Philadelphian believers. Among the seven letters, it is in the minority in that there is no criticism delivered for some sinful posture or behavior. Did you catch that? He said he knew of their works, but he did not criticize them. In any way, he did not correct what was going on. This is different from the first five letters we looked at. He always had something that troubled him about them. In similar form that he said in other places, the Lord said, I know your works. The church had operated in somewhat obscurity as it is not mentioned in the rest of the New Testament. But even when we are obscure to the world, God has still taken notice of us. Jesus highlighted why they were such a shining testimony for him. According to Jesus, the Philadelphia church had kept his word and have not denied his name. Both the kept and not denied phrases are aorist tense verbs indicating that the action took place in one point in time. They refer to a specific historical trial faced by these people. A trial through which they passed victoriously. And they were to trust his power because they had little power. They were to trust in the power of Christ. They were to keep his word. They were to claim his name and be confident in his love. Those who deny Christ, he says, are the underlings of Satan. What strong language he used. The opposing side claim to be Jews and are not. These enemies are described as the synagogue of Satan. The combination of a place of worship and teaching with the deceitfulness of the adversary can indicate that they were attempting to spread false teachings. Whether lying about the church or simply harboring false doctrine, King Jesus would demand their humility before his faithful followers. That was strong language. He called it a synagogue of Satan. And the tragedy of that is the people that were there were being deceived into believing that they were what they ought to be. Jesus will humble those who have denied him by making them bow down before his people. The humbling work that Jesus did in the lives of the unrepentant is both a sign of his power and of his covenant. The faithfulness of God's people is always rewarded, often in unexpected ways. Sometimes it is how God vindicates his people. He told them to remain faithful. Remain faithful in the midst of the change. Remain faithful in the midst of the turmoil. Remain faithful in the midst of strife. And then he speaks in verses 10 and 11 of holding on to what you have. Jesus' reward of the Philadelphian church was not reserved for a future state. Jesus indicated that they would enjoy strength from him in their current conditions. Faithfulness from Christ had been answered in their lives by keeping the faith. So Jesus stated, because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing. What a promise he made to these people. Because you have been faithful to me, I will remain faithful to you. 
God's tribulation is guaranteed and spoken of here. There is debate as to when Jesus will remove the church from the earth in regards to the timing of a great testing upon the earth. This time of testing is often referred to as the tribulation. And we could spend a couple of sermons on just that idea in and of itself that we don't have time to do when we're looking at the churches. But be aware that he's speaking of a time of tribulation. Though these are fascinating theological discussions as to how the tribulation will come to pass, it is not necessarily what is at play in this letter. The text before us is not necessarily a timeline. Christ was lauding the Philadelphian Christians because they had followed the command of Jesus to endure the current pressures doled out by the world and the adversary. He was saying to them, in my eternal state, I will take care of you. Your endurance is possible. This was a celebration by the Lord over his followers because they were enduring regardless of his physical presence with them or their departure to be with him. Jesus declared he is coming soon. For the unbeliever, this should be a terrifying thought that the rightful judge of the universe could appear at any moment. And we've already discussed this idea of coming soon. Coming soon from the one who said in the beginning of Revelation that he was the beginning and the end. The eternal one, the first and the last, and everything that's in between, his concept of time, whatever it may be, is certainly not ours. We don't measure time the way God measures time. We don't have that ability because we're not eternal. You know, if you're eternal, you don't plan in the same way. I don't know exactly how you would plan, but one thing's for sure, if you were eternal and you bought clothes, you would know you'd have to buy clothes again sometime, right? Whether you grew or not. If you were eternal, if you planned a vacation, you could plan it for 100 years from now, couldn't you? Well, we'll go in 100 years. I tell Janet that, you know. She wants to go, well, we'll go in 100 years. You see, we have to be aware That God's time of coming again is not our time. He will come. And it could be today. And it could be tomorrow. But we don't know. Because God's time is not our time. Our time to be faithful to God though is now. And that's what the Philadelphian church came to see. Because he said a reward is coming. For the Christian we know that our reward is coming to us. It is Jesus himself. The unknown timing of Jesus' appearance along with the certainty communicated spurs us on to live faithfully. Our Lord gives us life and rewards us according to our faith in him rather than in our own righteousness. And then we will receive a new status. Look at verses 12 and 13. As Christians, the Philadelphian church had become the one who conquers and who were being promised a reward. On the heels of the reiteration that a period of testing would come and Jesus was returning soon, he initiated the closing statement of the letter with some promises to the believers. You will move from the shaky status of persecuted in the world to secure status of pillar in the temple. Secure status 
A pillar in the temple. The image carries numerous implications. A pillar was an image of permanence and stability of a building. In ancient times, a pillar could also be erected in order to pay honor to a person. The four pillars that you see here partially hold up this building. You see them? I know because Joe told me one day that they made a difference when they tore out the sections that were here. So don't lean too hard on, no, 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 no. They're fine. They're fine. But they give us, when we look at those pillars, we think of stability. And that's what Jesus said he would offer to them. The place is secure. Your status is permanent. Jesus reminded the believers of the stability that they had shown and how God could use them in his work. God had made them conquerors in the face of trials and would give them a permanent place in his eternal temple. The arrival of Jesus is accompanied with his claim upon the church. And then he does this. Remember how we talked about the name changes of the church? You will receive names that have eternal power. Jesus ended his promise statement with offering to write three names on the believer. The name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. It is a threefold assurance of their salvation by the use of the names assigned by Jesus. It was in contrast to the ever-changing name of the city where they lived. These names would be inscribed upon the believers, giving them permanence. The name of God, receiving the name of God was tantamount to ownership and adoption. Being given the name of the Heavenly Father meant you served Him, were owned by Him, and were adopted by Him in the same way that we Passed down our surname. Second, the name of the new city. Having the name of the new city of God communicated citizens, communicated to citizens that they would be citizens of the heavenly realm where the good and rightful king reigns for eternity. And then the name of Christ. The third inscribed name is Jesus' new name. But guess what? You see something about that? We're not told what that name is, are we? And as it will be new at the time of his second coming. It must relate to his completed and consummating work in history. How we have known him as Savior and Lord will come into greater focus. These promises concerning the end reinforce God's protective work over his people. Our role is to believe and he will give us a permanent home with him in his kingdom and, and characterized by his good name. We know little about the Philadelphian church, but their faithfulness stands as a challenging testimony to us. While the political environment shifted around them, they remained true to Christ. Whether God's people live in Egypt, Israel, Babylon, the Roman Empire, or our contemporary nation, we are called to the same level of faithfulness. Blessedly, God sees and rewards us as we live for His glory. I have a new granddaughter, most of you know, and I'm so glad to have a granddaughter because I used to use my children in sermon illustrations all the time, and you didn't get the benefit of that through the years because they were grown when I came here. But now I have someone else. And on Friday, we went to eat with Josh and Hallie at a restaurant after Janet had, uh, for lunch, after Janet had a doctor's appointment. And um, so we met them, and Hallie was in her carrier and they put he put her on the table and his words to us were this don't touch her 
Don't speak to her. Don't take her out of the carrier. She's asleep, and that's the way I like her. (laughs) So we looked at her. That's all we did. We just looked at her. Well, I share that with you because, you see, that's what Jesus tries to free us from. Those chains that bind us. That cause us to hold back when our love for him should be at its strongest. Because others have told us not to. But what Jesus imparted to this church at Philadelphia was something that we all need. And that is hope. In the midst of all of their struggles... In the midst of their limitations, in the midst of all the ups and downs and name changes and things that occurred, Jesus was saying to them, if we could cut to the chase, no matter what happens, you have been faithful to me and know this, I will be faithful to you. That gives to all of us hope. Hope in the midst of the struggles of life. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the power of your word. For the hope that is imparted to us through the church at Philadelphia. For this church, Father, has shown us what faithfulness is and what the reward can be. Help us, Father, to find that victory in you. Help us to have that kind of hope. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The church at Philadelphia is the only church where Jesus found no fault. But he understood their struggles as he understood the struggles of the other church and gave to them hope. The only hope that we can have is in our commitment to Jesus Christ. Allowed him. Whatever your desires, we stand and sing our invitation hymn, hymn number 499, Victory in Jesus.
morning, I'm pleased to present to you Ashley Day, who's been with us for quite some time. You see Ashley singing in the choir. She went with us also to uh, Nicholsville last November and was a great help. And we got to know one another much better, all of us that went on that trip, and we're delighted that she's here today. She comes on transfer of letter from a church in Alabama, Calvary Baptist in a town in Alabama. So I know that you want to uh, bless her coming to be with us by saying amen. And so, Ashley, will you step here and let the folks greet you? She has a little girl, too. Uh, she's just not here with us. Or she's in the nursery. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I know that many of you have seen her around, and we're delighted that she's here uh, this morning. Thank you for being here. I read something the other day that I thought was quite interesting. It's only rained twice this winter, once for 45 days and once for 35 days. So, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, I started, I didn't tell you that, but it, the rain is a blessing. We'll be so glad to have this rain when it starts to get dry. And so uh, we're grateful for it, but uh, it sure does limit our outdoor activities, doesn't it? So uh, let's close with a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we leave today, help us to go with the assurance that you're going with us. Thank you, Father, that as we are faithful to you, you are more than faithful to us, and you were faithful to us first. May we take what we know and what we have heard, apply it to our lives so that we can bless others. Let us stay, Father, until we return. In the name of Jesus, amen.